0: Good evening, evening, good to be in the house of the Lord as always, good to see everybody this evening, uh, just, just glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight, uh, glad we got to, to do the dedication this morning, uh, glad that mom Kev got to come down and be part of that, unfortunately some of the family was sick, couldn't make it this morning, sister Haley and aunt Nanny has, she's known in the family to to the baby, but uh, so let's keep praying your prayers as well, but uh, I'm going to get into the word of the Lord tonight. I feel that uh, the Lord has challenged me within this message, even just in my personal self to deliver, if you would, a, a harder word or a hard truth. And once I get into this message, it'll probably make a little bit more sense well, we're going to take our text tonight from the book of Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. And once want you find your place, if you would, stand for the reading of the word. Philippians 2, 5 and through 8, let this mind And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Lord, we come before you tonight, Father God. We ask that you will open our hearts, that you will open our minds, Lord Father God, to receive this word. To hear it tonight, Lord Father God, what you'd have to say to us. Lord, as you speak to us. Lord, we ask that you help us to retain it in our heart, in our mind, Lord Father God. Have your will in your way. Lord, hide me behind the cross tonight, Lord. Use me as your vessel, Lord, to speak your truth tonight. Father God, we just pray and we ask these things in your holy and precious name. You may be seated. And in our text, Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we talk about the death of Christ there and how he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And if I can the title to this message tonight, if I put one on it, Who Do We Think We Are? And I've struck, I guess you could say, struggle or wrestle with titling this message this way because it sounds pretty harsh in, in a title to say, Who Do We Think We Are? But like I said, I feel that the Lord has challenged me to bring forth this word, and even in my obedience, being called to the ministry, there's going to be times that the Lord will place a word upon our heart that might be for someone very specific or a church body very specifically. And if nothing else, this message may just be from for my own growth tonight, but I hope that it challenge you, challenges you. I hope that it will prick your heart tonight to look at some things in a different manner or in a different way. And the reason I say who do we think we are is because As the scripture says, he was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So who do we think we are that we don't have to be obedient to the Lord? Right? We we are called as Christians to a whole other level, to a whole other life. And as a disciple of Christ, it requires obedience. And as this scripture reminds us, Christ not only died to the flesh he died in the flesh but in this text the one thing that stood out to me that really I never thought about before is in a way you could almost say that Christ died a third death because as he was praying in the garden of Gethsemane he wasn't just dying to the flesh And surrendering to the will of God. But he was giving up his deity. To fulfill the will of God. And carry out the crucifixion. And carry the cross. So in a way the Lord died three times. To be risen on the third day. But in this. Unto death. Not once, not twice, but three times. So why do we think that we don't need to be obedient at all? We have so many churches and people that are claiming Christianity, but they're not living with the power of God behind it. We've got so many that are trying to live a... Form of godliness with a lack of obedience there's still a standard to enter into the kingdom of heaven as Christians it is our responsibility to live that standard to not uphold just our testimony of our personal lives but to uphold the testimony of Christ what Christ done and what Christ is doing in our lives right so as paul told in the galatians in chapter 2 and 20 he said i have been crucified with christ that is in him i have shared his crucifixion it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me the life i now live in the body I live by the faith, by adhering to, relying on, and completely trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Right? And that text there I took from the Amplified Version, and as I, I read there, it said to adhere to. Adhere is to fuse together by melting, binding oneself to or maintaining loyalty right before the life that i now live being pre-pilot and coming back to the lord i worked construction for many years as a welder crane operator many other things but my primary duty was welding fusing things together with extreme heat in an instant. Sometimes there's metals that we would use that we would need to preheat. Sometimes we'd even need to keep heat on it after we had made a union. Right? And one of the things that stood out to me when I read that was sometimes the heat. We talk about the refining fire of God and being a Christian, right? Well, that obedience sometimes burns. Sometimes it don't feel so good. I've got scars on my hands from my years of welding from trying to complete a weld, because as a welder, one of the most important things you can do is take pride in that weld. You want that bead to look like a stack of dimes, right? So, when you get in a position, especially when you're outdoor welding and just a little bit of backstory on it. Welding aluminum in these areas that we worked, windy in Oklahoma. I was just talking to Sister Amber this morning, asking about Michael, and spent many days in Oklahoma in the wind and the dust. And the Oklahoma's not my favorite place. <laughs> but getting in these man lifts, going up in the air, mind you, not just welding on the ground, but getting in the air, We would have to get in these positions and put a blanket over us to block the wind because of the type of welding and all that. But once you get into that position, sometimes you just got to take the heat. Sometimes you just got to stick to the process. Because to get that perfection, you just got to grit your teeth and take it sometimes. Sometimes you just got to hang in there just a little bit longer. And there were so many times that I can remember, and like I said, I've got the scars on my hands to prove it, that I would sometimes get out of a position where the blanket wasn't working anymore, and I would literally put my hand there to protect that weld. And in doing so, my glove would get so tight that I couldn't even move my hand anymore, and I would have to cut my gloves off. Because I was staying there in the heat. I was withstanding the burn to get to the perfection. Yes, sir. So sometimes in being obedient, it just don't feel good. Yes, sir. Right. Sometimes we come out with some scars. Sometimes we come out with scars because of the way a church done us. Because of the way a pastor done us. Because the way a deacon done us. But that doesn't change the fact that there's still a standard to enter into the kingdom of heaven. When God puts us somewhere and he expects us to do what he told us to, sometimes we're just going to have to endure some things. And that's why I, I chose to stick with that text. I felt that the Lord just really that upon my heart because he didn't just take a burn upon his hand in the obedience of carrying out the cross. He done it unto death. Even the death of the cross. And I just couldn't get away from this obedience factor. And then as I was Talking here and talking about getting that perfection of that weld and and fulfilling that when we are obedient to Christ and we do it His way. Excuse me. There's some scriptures that I found that talk about how Christ's way is tried and. In Psalms 18, 30 through 32, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord. Or who is a rock? Save our God. It is God that girdeth me with strength strength, and maketh my way perfect. Right, so... Not only in our obedience is there the burn, but there's a way that God wants it done. There's very precise things that God wants completed within our lives. And I know that um, Pastor gave us a mighty message sometime last year, maybe even the year before, about God can't count. And my life can be a testament to that. I'm not going to try to take away from the fact that God can't count because there's instances in my life where numbers don't make sense, but God showed up every time. Right? Just, just a, a quick, I guess, if you will, explanation of it is at one point we had changed positions, we changed jobs, we took less money, but somehow we brought more money home in a month. So I can testify that God can't count. All right, I'm not going not gonna to argue that. But one thing that God can do, and he's so precise about, is the way that he wants things done. So, you know, you look back at Noah. Noah, he was very precise in exactly how he told Noah to piece the ark together. He didn't say, just go get some wood and build a boat. He said, build an ark. He didn't just say, go get some wood. He said, go get gopher wood. And he said to make it X amount of cubits by X amount of cubits and to have this story and that story. And it was a very precise manner that he wanted it completed because he knew the flood that he was going to bring upon the earth. Right? You look at the children of Israel You look at Moses and there was a time that God told Moses to strike the rock there was a time that God told Moses to speak to the rock and it cost him the promised land you look at Saul and the Amalekites. the Lord told him to go and to utterly destroy he didn't say spoil the sheep, spoil the oxen. He said, utterly destroy every bit of it. But he didn't do it. It cost him the kingdom. It cost him his life. Right, you go back and you read the story and, and you trace the history of Saul and he was killed by the son of Amalekite. It doesn't give his name But it mentions that specific detail because he did not do it God's way. He didn't do it the way that's been tried and tested and proven since the beginning of time. Especially the beginning of our time. We've seen and heard and and witnessed testimonies after testimonies after testimonies we have the bible full of testimonies of the written truth of god and how his way is tried and true and proven but yet we always want to do it our way but god i don't want to do it that way that don't sound fun well somebody might make fun of me It costs Saul his kingdom and it cost him his life. The wages of sin is still death. There's still a standard to enter into the kingdom of heaven. In Matthew 7 and 20 and 21, the word of God tells us and the words of Christ are actually spoken. And let me get to it on trying a new app here and for my notes it's a little different Um, but in Matthew 7 and 21 not everyone that saith unto me this is Jesus speaking himself not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity. Iniquity simply means wickedness. It's what it boils down to. And one of the things that I I take from that is, or to, to explain, I guess, is you say, oh, well, there's not really scripture that says disobedience, per se, is wickedness. But one of the things that in being a flight instructor that we teach, there's certain medical conditions that we can say are acute, fatigue, tiredness. And, you know, acute just means a little bit, and it's recoverable. A little bit, and it's recoverable. But if you continually run into something that is an acute condition, it can turn into a chronic condition. Right? And if you look at it in those terms, if you look, I don't remember exactly where it is, but it's, it's in the book of Proverbs, but it tells us that a man with a froward heart is an abomination under the Lord. Froward, in that instance, if you look it up, it says habitually disobedient. So it may start out with, well, I don't want to do it that way, God. I want to do it this way. But if we don't check ourselves, we can find ourselves in a point chronic disobedience habitually disobeying commands of the Lord I don't remember if it was Peter or Paul who said it but we could become as a seared iron to the point that we become numb to it friends if we find ourselves in that place we are in a dangerous place we already live in perilous times as it is if you just take a look around turn your TV on the rapture could take place before we get out of this building tonight I used to think that I'd never graduate high school let alone wind up in Beaumont married and be dedicating my firstborn son on on this Sunday morning but we are here and I'm thankful for that but The truth of the fact is, we don't know when the Lord's coming. And we have to walk a standard of obedience to not miss it. As the word says, there will be many that say, Lord, Lord, I've done this in your name, and I've done that in your name, but only those that are doing the will of the Father. Christ died, as I said, In my opinion of that scripture, not just twice, but three times because he gave up that deity to fulfill the will of the father. So who do we think we are that we don't have to be obedient under the Lord? And not only in obedience, but in worship. Who do we think we are that we don't have to worship God? In the beginning of the Ten Commandments, the first two commandments are to not have any other God before him, not to serve any graven image, not to make any graven image. But in this day and time, it is so easy and so quickly that we can design an image That's not of God. It's so easy and quick that we can form a form of godliness without the power. Whether it's sports. Whether it's work. It doesn't matter what it is. That we put before the Lord. If it is something that is put before him. It is an image. And if we're putting it before God, we're serving it. Another pastor that I've heard put worship this way, he preached an entire message on it. But he said, when did worship become a song? And he used the example of Abraham and Isaac. He didn't tell him to go sing a song. He told him to do an act. He gave him a command of something to do. And he said, Let us go worship. So, our obedience sometimes is simply worship. And one of the definitions that I had found in, uh, I think it was an 1828 Webster Dictionary, what it said voluntary obedience is pleasing to God. That was one of the definitions of it. To voluntarily be obedient. To voluntarily serve. To answer the command. To answer the call that God has put upon our heart or our life. Because every one of our calls are different. My call is not Laura's call. Although I've been told I'm a decent singer. That's not my call. I'll leave it to her. I'll leave it to Sister Carolyn and Sister Haley. But this is my call. And I want to do my absolute best every single day to be obedient to it. I told the Lord that any time he would open a pulpit and give me a word, I would step into it. And do my best to just simply be his vessel. And like I said, I've wrestled myself about the title of this because I feel like it's a a hard truth. It's a harder message. And I hope that I've delivered it in the way that the Lord would have me. But as pastor said in this month of ministry, telling all of us ministers that, you know, the nervousness never goes away. My heart was pounding harder today than it ever has in any time that I've been given the pulpit so far. And that's why I said that I feel like if if it's for nobody else, it's for my growth tonight. Because the Lord challenged me for this word, for this body. Because the Lord wants to do something with Victory Temple. He's given us a pastor that's got a mind for growth and a vision for what this church could be. But it's going to require obedience on our part. It's going to require the congregation enduring the burn with pastor. You know, we had, we had a minister's meeting here the other night with all us slave ministry. And, you know, he simply said that I can't do it all. I need y'all's help. But it's not just upon us. Brother Corey gave us a message not too long ago that we're all called. Brother Michael gave us a message, message about coming together and being together as a fellowship. Brother Ben gave us a message reminding us about the crucifixion that Christ endured that he was obedient unto the death of. So where is our obedience? Are we going to step up to the plate? Are we going to step up to the challenges that God presents to us? Because the day is running short. The sun is setting. The night is coming. And we're not going to be able to work any longer. So where is it on our part? And I've referenced a lot of scripture in this tonight. Because I don't want you to think that this is just my thoughts or something that I just tried to put together to be a great sermon or a great message. This is the word of God. This is the truth of what Christ said. This is the truth of the example that he wants us to be. Obedient unto death. We're going to have to die to our flesh. We preach that all the time. But the fact of the matter is, are we going to start doing more of it? Because as we grow and to feed others, we've got to get past ourselves. As Brother Corey mentioned in in that message that we're all called, we we have to contribute into growing the flock. It's all of our part. Not just pastors, it's not just delay ministry. And we preach it all the time. But do we actually hear it? Are we actually being obedient to it? Sister Kara and Brother Danny, if you'd come to the piano, I'll work on closing. But in our obedience. To worship, to obey, to serve. Servant as Christ done. He humbled himself, or he took on the being a servant, and he humbled himself obedient unto the death. But servant simply means one that performs duties about the master's home so in our obedience to serve and to worship we have to be obedient to do the master's work because we ain't made it home yet this is his footstool so we're working on the footstool first because we don't make it home until our day of judgment whether it's the rapture or whether our time has just come but we have to be obedient unto the death obedient not just to our foot, fl- or not death to just the flesh but some of us may actually be obedient to the death of this flesh not just to this flesh. So, I'm going to challenge the church tonight and just simply challenge of obedience. I don't know what call God has put upon you. I don't know what the Lord is impressing upon your heart. Maybe some it's to do more in the church. Maybe it's some to do more in the workplace but the Lord is impressing something upon every single one of us in this body to come together to grow it to do things for the kingdom of heaven but it's going to require the obedience unto death So tonight, like I said, I'm just going to challenge the church to that, to obedience. So tonight, if you would, I'll just have you stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I'll just challenge you tonight that if the Lord has been calling on you, Or you feel that the Lord is giving you something more than just what you've been doing, more than just going through the motions and to reignite a fire. Brother T gave us a a message the other night, last week, about craving the body. And in in so, if we're praying and asking God to increase our craving of the body, I know that Christ is challenging us. So tonight, I just ask you, if you feel the Lord has challenged you, that you will just come tonight, find a place to pray, and challenge yourself to be obedient to whatever it is that the Lord has placed upon your heart. The Word of God tells us there in Matthew that only those that are doing the will of the Father is He going to recognize. The book of Revelation and the letters to the church says that if we are not hot nor cold, He would spit us out if we're just lukewarm. And that is just another warning. That if we are not being obedient and staying in the heat, not staying hot, we're taking a risk. I'm not the judge. I'm not the one you're going to stand before in judgment day. I'm just trying to preach what I feel the Lord has placed upon my heart. So, tonight I challenge you to come. And if you feel that the Lord has given you something, that He's challenging you, or He's asking something of you, come tonight in obedience to that. Take that step out. The Lord's way is tried, He will make the way perfect. So, tonight. If you haven't felt challenged, or if you haven't felt the Lord drawing you to something more, I ask that you'll just take a step and come and ask the Lord to place it upon your heart. So if you would tonight, come and find that place to pray.